Welcome to episode 29 of the Dealers Compressed Podcast. My name is Paul J. Daly. I will be your host today. And this is the second week in a row that we have a guest. Said I wanted to get more guests a couple weeks ago. Had one last week. Had one this week. And we don't have any plan for next week yet, but uh, that could change really quickly. So today, we're going to talk about a few things. First, we are going to talk about change. Now, everybody deals with change, so it's kind of a universal topic. We're also going to talk about, with our guest, Jonathan Hakes, used car director of Dorschel Automotive. Um, we're going to talk about a new auction offering by Mannheim to bring the auction to your dealership with, get this, a military-grade satellite trailer. So that's pretty awesome. But first, I want to talk about change. So everybody deals with change. And when we're in business and industry, uh, we actually just kind of talk about change all the time. And with the speed that everything moves today, the speed of consumer demand and the growth of technology and data collection, change seems like it's a faster rate than it's ever been before. And it seems like that because it is like that. And so I guess business people are kind of used to it or having to get used to it. But on the personal scenario, like a lot of times when people think about change, uh, they get uneasy. I think probably the majority of people are not comfortable with change. And really, that's because change is always accompanied by what? The unknown. It's accompanied by fear. And I don't know if anybody that likes fear. But the point is that change is just a way of life. And it's not what whether or not change comes upon us. It really is all about how we react to the change, how we respond to the fear, because there's no way to have courage without being afraid. And, you know, Seth Godin, we actually mentioned him last week or two weeks ago. He's got this great concept when he, he says that nobody has ever written a book called How to Run a Marathon Without Getting Tired, because it's impossible. You can't run a marathon without getting tired. So really... The same thing, like you can't have courage and you can't grow without the fear. And so it's not about not having the fear. It's about what do you do and where do you put the fear? And that's one of the elements of clarity that I like because having clarity on, on life in general, like having clarity on the macro, helps you to deal with the fear in the micro because you understand what is important to you right out of the gate. And... When things come along that might be change or might be fear, uh, might kind of rattle some things, it helps to be able to look at the things that are most important to give you courage and to give you purpose and to give you motivation to keep stepping forward. So if you're facing a change or the fear of change, right? It can be fear before the change as well. If you're facing those things, and the truth is that most people are, so I think I'm talking to a very broad audience and I'm not, yeah, actually, I do have a number of things going on in my life right now that are changed. There's been a lot of change in general, and that brings fear and insecurity. So if you're facing those changes or you're facing some fears today, just take a moment to kind of gather some clarity on what is actually important to you, what actually matters. And look at those things, respond to the change and the fear in light of the things that you think are important. And maybe you can just get a little more courage to take another step. So we're with you. 
I'm with you. Um, it's not going to be the last time that you face fear and change. Um, but how you respond to it now can really shape how you respond to it next time and the outcomes. So it's not how do you run a marathon without getting tired. It's impossible. How do you go through life or have courage without having the fear and having change? It's impossible. Can't do anything about it. But you can always, 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 always choose how you respond to it. So speaking of responding to change and fear, I was so excited to have my friend Jonathan Hakes. I'm so excited to introduce him to this community because I know most of you don't know him. There are, you know, there are a lot of innovators out there that are just, I'll call them sleepers, right? And people don't know who they are, but they're incredibly sharp and incredibly talented. So this is one of those opportunities where I get to introduce you to Jonathan. Now, Jonathan is in his 30s. I think we might talk about how old he is. Um, I've known him for many, many years. I've watched him just really develop from a lot, a lot kid to the used car director of a large automotive group in Rochester, New York. And I hope he's appreciated as much as he should be. And I'm not speaking to whether or not I know that or not, but I hope so because Jonathan has a very sharp intellect and a very keen understanding of consumer demand and technology and how it's changing the landscape. He's a progressive thinker. He was mentored by progressive thinkers, and he's always thinking outside the box and doing progressive things. So he called me and said, hey, I'm doing something you might be interested in, your audience might be interested in, and he is hosting a Mannheim live physical auction at the dealership. I think he, uh, we talked about in the interview, but you know, he ran a bunch of cars and had really good results. And we talk about this change, right? Mannheim has never come to us before with a physical auction. We had to go to Mannheim, but the industry's changing, right? People want faster. They were trying to battle margin compression. So auction fees are definitely one of the things that uh, sellers, wholesalers would love to cut out of the mix transportation costs, right? Going dealer to dealer. We have other solutions now that the market likes gaining tons of traction like ACV auto auctions. And I know there are a couple of others and we talk about them in the interview, but ACV came to market with something that was delivered a great solution to dealers that saved them time and money and helped them mine some of the value out of their used inventory. And Mannheim can't sit around now. Like what happens when the cars aren't coming to the auction? Uh, we got all this brick and mortar, got all this real estate, got all these other issues. So uh, we have to develop a response. So Mannheim responds by doing this. Now ACV will respond. And if you don't get the point, the competition breeds excellence and excellence goes rewarded. And we call that in this country and maybe in every country, capitalism. Yay, capitalism. <laughs> so I'm excited for you to meet Jonathan today to hear about what's going on with this new auction offering as an insider view, someone who just executed well on it. And um, I hope you like him. I know you'll like him actually. And so here we go with our interview with Jonathan Hakes. <laughs> this is it. This is the new format. We're going to do a podcast about rock bands and hosted by someone who doesn't know anything about any of them. We can do this. <laughs> Your headphones are on backwards. Perfect. <laughs> I have to be right about something all of a sudden. There we go. <laughs> well, Jonathan, thank you for joining us today, the Dealers Compressed community and me. This is a new thing. We're actually doing an interview in the office. So this is cool. This is very, very cool. first one. Thank you. Honored. And we try to uh, we try to keep things simple, but today we have 
you know, three cameras and lights and multi mics and headphones and all that stuff. So um, I just kicked the chair. So we're going to have some weird audio in here too. Um, But the reason that I wanted you on the show today because you reached out to me about a week or two ago saying, hey, we're doing something that Mm -hmm. is, you know, kind of innovative in the industry. And you know that I'm always on the lookout for stuff. You and I go way back. We can talk about that a little bit. I had hair when Jonathan (laughs) knew me. It was amazing. Well, no, it was actually probably that awkward phase. No, it was good. No, it was. It's okay if you say it. I know it's true. Like where you really wish you had that friend. Like, dude, it's time to just shave it and I didn't have <laughs> no, that friend no, I good. didn't have that friend I might resent you a little for that <laughs> all right, right. All right. Um, but Jonathan uh, we worked together years ago and, and we'll talk about that some more but he is the used car director at Dorschel Automotive uh, used car group in Rochester New York and uh, so I'm going to let him talk a little bit about uh, what he does on a daily daily basis for Dorschel and um, kind of what prompted the phone call to me yeah absolutely so thank you again for having me out here this is really cool yeah. I'm glad it worked out um, so at Dorschel I taken um, or I manage the vehicles that come in on a trade and then I manage a team of buyers and a liquidator photographer and then just a, I have a gentleman that helps us around with like just the ins and outs of everything um, so we take in all the cars we process everything price everything all the reconditioning um, and then we also obviously are disposing of vehicles that either just don't fit the inventory mix of what we need for our lot or we haven't had historically uh, good success with things that we've had in our inventory so we need to find a new home for those um so we have a liquidator that travels around the state wholesaling cars for us so in in essence you are the the quintessential used car department but it all runs through your office basically the acquisition the liquidation yeah um, we have centralized uh reconditioning and centralized pricing so we try and funnel that through uh one person or two people, one of them being me and my counterpart, Tom, uh, when I'm not around in the office, he picks up. So give give the listeners an idea, the size of the Dorsal Automotive Group and kind of how many things are funneling into your office. Yeah, absolutely. So right now we have just about 400 used vehicles in inventory um, and we'll probably deliver out about 285 this month. Um, so we're a little bit on the heavier side right now, um, but one of our stores is outperforming, and so we're just trying to constantly feed that that animal. It's a good problem. Keep up with it. Yeah, it's good. We just want the other ones to do the same. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you have that like, wait, that that's the the, the golden child. Yes. They get all the stuff. You know, some the parents are, are always talking about yep. them on podcasts, yeah, exactly. right? Yeah, talking about the other ones. <laughs> um, and, and how many franchises is Dorshall? So we have uh, nine new car franchises. And is that? All in actually. on the same strip? All on the same strip, all within a quarter mile of each other. So centralized recon becomes a little bit easier because of the proximity. Mm-hmm. You know, we have cars that are traded at one location, get brought down with the lot staff mm-hmm. uh, the following morning, and then we are the ones who are processing them. So I walk the cars with my team. We document the damages on the vehicle that we want, like paintless dent repair, wheel, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, mm-hmm. windshield chips. Um, and then turn that into my uh, foreman, and then he goes over it with his technicians, and then they send us back a, an estimate, and then we yay or nay the vehicle from there. Uh, what is your current like time to market, and what do you want it to be? Yeah, so right now, open to close for ROs. We're sitting about eight days, uh, which is not super great. When does the RO open? <clears throat> so it opens as soon as I hand in the get ready, right? So okay. after I've walked the car, yep. right? So we're we're working on ways. We just uh, started a new process with a new tool called Rapid Recon. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that does is it just allows us to push a lot of this electronically and it's a, just hands the baton off, gotcha. right? And it pings that person mm-hmm. or in that department that says, hey, this vehicle is now available. It's your responsibility to take it to the next step. Sure. Now that you know who's, nice. whose hands it's sitting it's in, nice. who's got yeah. the hot potato. Yeah, exactly. What, 
what do you want it to be and what do you think it, it can be? So three days would be like the target, mm-hmm. five days is well within reach. Okay. Um, so we're doing some stuff right now in the interim to try and combat that. So we'll take pictures of a vehicle when it comes in and upload those with the price. And it just says coming soon. So people know that we have cars that are going through the shop right now that just aren't It's an actual car. Or it's actually on the ground. It's Correct. not quite ready yet. That's cool. Yeah. Because we had like $2 million worth of inventory that was just no one even knew we had. Yeah. You know, so you have friends and family yeah. members say, hey, do you have this car in inventory? And I'm like, yeah, I actually do. But you shouldn't have to call someone to find that out. No, we, you might we as well be pull it behind that. the building, right. throw a blanket over. It doesn't exist. Right. So we tried to, we're trying to combat that. Very cool. So yeah. let's get to the meat of the conversation. Yes. You called me last week. Yep week, maybe a little more than a week ago, and you said something cool and new, and I think we're the first in the area, and yeah. I think you should know about it, and I agreed. Yes. So what the heck are you guys up to? So we have partnered with Mannheim. Uh, they have Mannheim Mobile, um, and they come in with, it's essentially an auction in a box, right? So they bring in a trailer that's outfitted with you know military-grade satellites, the cameras for the simulcast, the PA system, That's uh, a great TV. sales point. It's awesome. You want military-grade satellites yeah, right? on your lot? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Why? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you had me at military-grade. Yeah. Yeah. satellites so it's i mean it's a pretty cool uh outfit they've i guess they've had it in the south for a while and just haven't figured out how to break into the northeast mm-hmm. um just there's a lot of things that come into play right so you have the weather is the big one mm-hmm. for upstate new york and so we're trying to work through that right now to figure out what's the next steps when that does get there but the trailer comes in they drop that off and then their team comes in and rearranges the lot they sticker them up they we order condition reports on the vehicles. Those get all uploaded. Um, it's just a regular auction just in our backyard that Mannheim's facilitating. So um, it's online mm-hmm. and physical. And physical in lane. I look at it as the transition, right? I mean, the traditional auction world is there's some stuff challenging that right on now. The ropes, right? On the ropes, Absolutely, I can say it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. and, so, and so this is a great way to combat that because then that will just be the gateway or the lead into you know, uh, Accelerate or TradeRev or ACV, these other types of platforms that yeah. just do it digitally where yeah. you don't have a physical sale, the sales online for a limited amount of time. You know, I saw it as a direct response to companies like ACV. Correct. Who is a Buffalo, New York-based company. Yep. And, you know, if you, if you look at the company, if you met them at trade shows or you kind of understand like this is a startup company more than it is a car guy company. Right. And which I think attribute can is attributed to a lot of the traction they've been getting is the fact that they're approaching the need first, mm-hmm. not the historical way it's been done. Correct. And you know, they're lighting the world on fire all of a sudden, bypassing the auction system, who's bogged down by brick and mortar and they know it and they have all this inventory sitting and they know it and it's tough to, to move it and with the recall issue just, you know, made things worse. Yep. And the timing couldn't have been better for ACV to come in. And, you know, for those of you who aren't familiar, they come in, they do a condition report of the vehicle on your lot and then they post it. Is it immediately? Can you control yeah, you when it's can, posted? You can control when it's posted. Yep. You can help set the floor on the vehicle. Um, and they have a, an alternate offer essentially where you can have it listed for longer. It's like a live appraisal. So it's up there for two days. Yep. So you can have two different ways to do it. Yep. And so, so then all of a sudden the vehicle's going dealer to dealer, mm-hmm. not, you know, obviously in a margin compressed world, yep. significantly cutting costs by not having to transport the car, have it sit for longer, maybe sell it, maybe not sell it, then having to transport it to the other dealer. So they cut kind of all of that out and they've sure. been really successful, right? Because they're solving a problem. Yeah, they've been wildly successful. I mean, I think there was something like 7,000 cars they sold last month. Yeah. And, and I bet that's a whole lot different than it was a year ago. 
Yes. Yeah, and if, and if it's not tenfold, I mean, it's it, yeah. they've just really exploded. Sure, I mean, and, and it goes back to kind of your comment on uh, or observation on time to market for re- retail stuff. It's yeah. the same thing. You know, you would traditionally hoard up a whole bunch of cars, ship them down. They'd sit down there. You'd wait for that sale, right? So it takes time out of it. Yep. The money's coming in a lot faster. Yep, and you can dispose of inventory a little bit quicker. So they're filling a need. Yep. They're fighting the margin compression that every dealer is trying their best to combat because they need to to survive. And Mannheim obviously understands what's going on, and they've obviously had their eye on it. And mm-hmm. you know they have some competitive products, but this is really something. If I'm I'm looking at this holistically, and I'm Mannheim, I'm like, well, David and Goliath, right? ACV is playing David's game. Yep. Like they should. Yep. Right. They're nimble. They're fast. Um, they're, they're willing to change, agile, right? right? Yeah. They're, they're not resting. They don't have any laurels to rest mm-hmm. on, right? While Mannheim now is Goliath. So now Mannheim could either just get pummeled by David or they can respond. So now they, in kind, when I look at this, I'm like, okay, they're flexing their experience in running live auctions Correct. and having a place that people can actually come. Because like, let's face it, you like to go places when you can yep. and it's accessible. You don't mind, mm-hmm. right? When it's close. So they're bringing that physical auction, making it more accessible to more people. And they're bringing in the military-grade satellites yeah. and, and the, the sticker and, and that whole lot management that they have a ton of experience in that ACV would obviously have to learn. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're they're flexing, like you said, brand, like their brand is they, they have the most attention, mm-hmm. right, out of yeah. anybody. So they Absolutely. get it. And so that they knew that this would be a, a good fix for them. And I think this just is, like I said, laying out the the work for their next, you know, unveiling to just get people farther along down that digital yeah. purchasing. So what do you think is going to happen now that you know, Mannheim is starting to ramp up in this game? Um, what do you think is going to happen over the next six to 12 months? Are you seeing, well, did you see good adoption? Like you ran it, you were one of the yep. first in upstate New York or maybe the first. Yep, we were first in upstate. What was your experience in that day? It was great. So we ended up doing 76% sale rate, which was good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were able to get together afterwards. We did like a debrief and we were able to put together another 15, 20 deals. So we ended up getting up to 90% wow. uh, sales efficiency, which was really good. Um, and the we cars left a lot. Out. Yeah, so we try and now have them picked up within 48 hours because we had some people from you know Tennessee that bought five cars. I mean, okay. the, the reach was awesome. Yeah. I mean, you're getting online bidders from well outside your market. Yeah. Right, and you're reducing your expenses because you don't have transportation costs. Mm-hmm. Right, so all that's a huge win, which means you could, in theory, put more deals together at the curb and pass that along to the customer, mm-hmm. right? Or you can cut cars for less because you don't have to break out as much. Right. Yeah. So it's good. It takes the, a lot of pressure. What off. do you think the, so you, in a sense, you're the customer in the yep. sense where you are the seller, mm-hmm. right? What do you think the buyer experience was? I think it was fairly well accepted. I mean, there's some stuff that we're while working through. I mean, the fees and stuff like that will get all worked out and that's in any platform. I mean, that's the first thing someone says is, oh, well, so-and-so's cheaper or whatever, right? right? But the experience behind it and the team that comes along with right. it- Does the value offset the price? It offsets it because they make it very easy to do Do you business. think, um, and again, I, this is a little bit outside yeah. my lane, so which is why you're here. Do you think the buyer experience was something really familiar? Like, was it the same they would experience buying digitally from like Mannheim and Pennsylvania? Yeah, hundred percent. I think it was that same confidence because we use the same inspectors, the same condition grading services. I mean, we outsource that to a third vendor, right? Mm-hmm. Third party vendor. Mm-hmm. And so that buyer confidence 
is already there. Very familiar. Very familiar. So it just Very felt easy. normal. The Very fact natural. that it was at Dorschel's lot versus, Correct. you know, Pennsylvania and Buffalo didn't matter. Correct. Yep. And it gets facilitated by Mannheim, Albany, which everyone's already familiar with. Right. So then Pittsburgh also gets involved with the branding as well. And, mm-hmm. and they just cross pollinate their, uh, their reach. It's good. Very cool. Yeah. So, um, where do you think it's going to be in a year? You think what kind of traction? Again, now we're just yeah. now we're just spitballing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just so everybody knows, this podcast is not sponsored nope. in any way, not shape, or all. form. Um, sure, we have relationships and yeah, friends in the industry, but um, like the goal just really is business. to give just a <laughs> couple of guys in an office with three cameras, two lights, yeah. two microphones, some headphones, <laughs> just having a conversation. Yeah. So, no, but all, all that all that being said, so what do you think would be a direction this could go in a year? Yeah, I mean, I I see this growing. It, it's just a matter of the adoption, right? So I think f- we sold 42 of our vehicles online, so n- nearly 50%, almost 50% of our inventory mm-hmm. was sold through the simulcast, right, which was awesome. So it just tells you that's there, and just the buyer confidence just getting bigger and bigger and the reach getting bigger and bigger, it's only going to get better, which means they'll buy deeper, right? Um, so I think it'll probably transition at some point in time to just an app where someone's walking around the car, right? I mean, Mannheim's got stuff they're working on that's yeah. just wild. I mean, it stitches the car, all the pictures together on a 360, and you can drop a pin and upload the damages for that car. Right? Yeah, of so I mean, spot. very familiar to like that Carvana shopping Correct. experience. Correct. And bringing that, actually kind of funny, it's going backwards now. Usually it starts wholesale right. and it migrates retail. In this case, it started retail and now back Mannheim is delivering that experience. Correct. Interesting. Yeah, it's huge. So I mean, that in itself is going to change a lot of things because before I would, to get that buyer confidence, I would order the condition report, right? Because it was a trusted source. You had to order it. I didn't, I don't have to, but for me to get more bids and to get more uh, attention and and more people comfortable, I'm going to say, Hey, you give your opinion of the car. Mm -hmm. You're vetted. Like you're going to look over the car. You're going to own it. You're unbiased, right? Whereas the seller is always, they think their car's the nicest, cleanest thing they've ever it's the had. Best thing. It smells cherry. like cow crab. Yeah. It's like, it's country it's, fresh. Yeah, it's country exactly. fresh. Like, what do you mean? It's yeah. mint as mint. You're like, yeah. well, what how does come, that even mean? How come every car guy sounds like he's from a long island? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's country fresh. Yeah, right. So, I mean, so now with this other piece that where they stitch the photos together, that's something I can do. Yep. And that's the seller disclosure. So I think with that tool, it gives the seller disclosure that much more of a leg up. It'll just be interesting to see how things shake out long term in the sense that that condition reports I can sort by grade. Yep. There's no grading system for a seller disclosure right now. Okay. So all seller disclosures are looked at as equal and then you have to sift through it. Yep. So when that comes around, more accountability. That'll that'll change things for sure. Great yeah. thought. Well, yeah. it'll be cool to come back in a year and yeah. see see if anyone's listening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um and anything else that that you want to talk about regarding um, the auction process or wholesaling cars that you feel, I don't know, maybe maybe you would like to see like right now because we definitely have a good audience from Cox and V Auto yep. listening to the show. Obviously, we started off with a lot of content around Dale, mm-hmm. but we have people that pay attention to this. So um, what's something from, you know, you're kind of the holy grail, right? From a used car, well, you're a used car director for a large group. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes the easiest way to find out what your customers want is to ask them. Yeah. And this might be a little more candid. So like, what what is one thing that you would love the ability to do from a wholesaling standpoint? Yeah, so I mean, just brand, branding, right? Our reach and getting our name out there as well is equal to like Mannheim, right? We're underneath why, them. Why is, is that important? Because people will buy more, right? So there's some platforms that will mask 
right who the seller is or yep. who the buyer is and there's reasons why that and there's yep. positives to yep. that for the dealership that doesn't have the brand yep. they need that sheltering and covering if i'm if i'm not mistaken acv masks Correct. it right. okay so acv is one of those people again i can yeah, say yeah, i'm yeah, not their fine. customer no you're good but i love those guys yeah, they're great guys they're great so acv masks yep. the seller and basically to water or distill it down what you're saying is like you feel like when buyers are buying from Dorschel, yep. they kind of build trust in your brand. Like when Dorschel sells a car, yeah, right, I think they sell a lot good of, stuff. Yeah, I think there's a lot of dealers out there that transact on brand. I mean, Car CarMax, Carvana, yep. these places transact on brand. And they get better, better because, dollars. Right, because there's a certain expectation. Yep. There's that same thing in the wholesale industry too, right? And we're not a huge player, right? There's some huge uh, Goliath-type players in yep. Anaheim that sell 400 cars a week or whatever, but... Yeah, but you're also not two or three cars. Correct. Like, you're a good middle player. Right, great middle player. So it's figuring that piece out, you know, what can we ratchet it up? You know, some of the things that I've been asking the team um, that we've been working with with Mannheim on is, okay, how do I dissect the CR, the condition report or grade? Right. So how do I know if I want to put in paintless dent repair or wheel repair, if that's going to ratchet up my score from a yeah. 2.8 to 3.3 to get more to? eyes and how much does that equate to? So I think as time goes on, we'll mm -hmm. be able to figure that out. I know that we're talking and trying to figure that out because yeah. I want to know if I invest $400, will I get six yeah. or eight or is it a break even or whatever? Right. So that's, that's an important metric. So trying to figure that whole piece out in terms of recounting my wholesale cars that you know, might, might put an extra couple of bucks in our pocket. That's cool. Well, that's a great insight. I think that's something that a lot of people might not think about or expect. So again, thanks for taking the time yeah, out you. of, out of your day, buying and selling and managing people and all the things that you do regularly. Appreciate it. And um, you, we'll see what happens next. Awesome, man. So there you have it. I told you, you would like him. Jonathan Hakes is just a great guy and I'm sure he'd love to talk um, with you. We'll put, we'll put the best way to reach him in the notes uh, if you have questions about the auction or just want to kind of bounce some ideas off him, or if your company is looking for a thought leader, uh, I'll tell you, he's an untapped talent. And so that's the episode 29 of the Dealers Compressed podcast, talking about change, talking about competition and capitalism, and all the things that I think are fun and worth talking about. Thank you for being part of this community. I can't thank you enough. Um, when I say it, I mean it every time. Please invite your friends that you think will get value or encouragement from this. We're going to keep doing it as long as we can because I think it's valuable to connect with you. And frankly, I enjoy helping people step forward and bringing maybe a little encouragement and a little bit of positive tone in a busy, change-filled life. We will see you and talk to you next week. Oh, 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 oh